and the value of the blood. Scripture lets us know that there are gifts that have been given to you and I, and we talked about it last time. We're going to talk about it next week as well. We talked about faith, the gift of faith, and how precious the trial of your faith is even. We're reminded of that value of that. And in connection with our faith uh, is that word precious. And with that uh, word precious, what we're going to be talking about today, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But with that word precious, it's used to describe uh, a few things in Scripture, but it really means more than just precious. It means more precious or most precious. It means something that is highly valuable. If you've watched Lord of the Rings, then you can uh, put that in there, whatever, with Gollum. But uh, it means something that is most precious. It is highly prized. It is highly valuable. In fact, it's used many times to describe jewels or ornamentation found in Scripture. It refers to something which is held in high honor or high esteem, something that is especially dear. In fact, if you would, like Sister Faith showed us today, it's the perfect gift. It's the perfect gift, whatever your fancy or whatever your pleasure is, whether it's the A-team van for me or for Brother Rob, the Michael Jackson, it said fully posable doll. I thought that was pretty good too. It was fully posable. So they have Michael Jackson on the shelf there in their house instead of Elf on the shelf. But the perfect gift, it is really the perfect gift. But again, even with a gift that's received, even though it may seem perfect in the moment, we can still lose the value and the preciousness of that gift. Or perhaps even misplace it or forget about it. And while I don't think we have misplaced what we uh, think about the blood or perhaps even forgotten about it, I do believe that we can lose the value of what the blood means in our life. We find this most precious of gifts in Peter's writings also. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, For as much as ye know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but you are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. That means you know there's nothing on this earth that could redeem you. There was no money. There was no silver or gold. There was no traditions. There was nothing uh, in your lineage that could save you. It was only by the precious blood of Jesus Christ that I sit here today experiencing redemption in my life. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. And I want us to remember the value of the blood this morning. There's many things that His blood does for us. It's not just something that He shed on a cross, but there's many things that it does for us. Scripture says that it draws us near. Scripture tells us that it gives us access. The reason that we can feel what we do today is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We have access into the throne room of God. That means wherever I am, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I can call on His name and I can be of the Holy of Holies in a matter of moments. It sanctifies me. It works on my holiness. It helps me become more like Jesus Christ. We've already had prayer for the sick today, but the blood of Jesus Christ can heal me. We know that He bore the stripes for my healing. And healing is available because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And His blood brings peace into my life. It tells me that there was a wall of separation between me and God, but His blood brought peace. It broke down that wall and there's now peace in my life. There's something that this world cannot bring. It's the peace of God and it comes about because of the blood of Jesus Christ. All of this is made available because of the blood. 
And, 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 and in just a few moments, we don't have time to get into everything that the blood uh, does for me. But there's three things that I want to look at about why his blood is precious. And the first thing is because his blood redeems and it remits in my life. We already read from 1 Peter that we know that it was the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and spot that redeemed my soul. And there's two words that are used in Scripture to uh, describe redemption. The one means to pay a price or to buy as in a marketplace. You redeem an item, you buy it from the merchant. The other means to liberate by paying a ransom, to release or to deliver, which is what we have experienced in our life. In fact, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 20, he told us, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. The, this verse gives us the core reason of why we're celebrating this time. This is the core reason of why Jesus came to this earth. This is the core reason why he was born in a stable. It's because he came to give his life a ransom for many. He came to bring light. He came to show the way. He came to heal. He came to deliver. He came to show a better way. But his core reason that he came to this earth, that he was born as a baby in a manger, was to redeem your soul from sin. That's why he came to this earth. You see, he could have done all the others. And let me remind you, I don't know why in my own life, maybe it's just something I'm going through, but it, and I've mentioned it before, it seems like it's either or today in our world. But there's a lot of things that are and. He didn't come to save or to heal you. No, he came to save and to heal you. He didn't come just to make a way or just to save you. No, he came to save you and make a way. He came to heal you, to deliver you, to provide for you, and to save your soul. I'm thankful that it's not either or, but no, he does everything that I need in my life. But see, we get focused on a lot of things the other time, forgetting the value of his blood and forgetting the value of his redemption. He could have come to this earth just to heal everybody, and wouldn't that have been a great thing if everybody was healed? If everybody just had peace, there were no wars, there was no news of, of, of bad things happening, wouldn't that be nice to have that? That, that would be wonderful, but it wouldn't matter in the long run because I may be healed, but I still need a Savior. There may be peace, but I would still need a Savior. I would still be in bondage even if He provided all of my needs. I would still be in bondage. I may be a nicer person because He showed a better way, but I would still be a slave to sin. I don't want us to forget the value of the blood because it redeems my soul. I know He heals. I know He brings peace. I know He delivers, but I I want to be thankful and don't forget that his blood saved my soul it redeemed my soul from sin <laughs> scripture describes for us the fact that the blood paid a ransom that only he could ever pay he was the only one that was sinless he was the only one without spot or blemish that could even pay the price I can try on my own I can try all my own things but you and I know that there's nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ that can pay the debt that I owe the debt that I owe was to sin and scripture tells me that the wages of sin is death that's what I deserve that's what I have coming to me but thank God for the blood thank God for the blood that I don't have to experience the wages of sin, but I can have the gift of God. I can have eternal life that he paid something that I can never pay on my own. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. Not only was he the only one that was able to pay the debt, he was the only one that was willing to pay the price. <laughs> 
You see, there's a difference between able and willing. If you own a truck, you know the difference between able and willing. You're able to help everybody move. <laughs> but are you willing? <laughs> See, there's a difference. There's a difference between being able to. He could, you know, he could have lived his whole life perfect and sinless. He could have done that. And he would have been the perfect sacrifice. But it wasn't just that he was able to do it. No, that's what the struggle in the garden was about. Is that he was willing to do it for you. You see, that makes a difference. There's a lot of people who are able to do things. But it makes a difference when I know that he was not just able, but he was willing. That means he cared enough about me. That means he saw me. That means he looked down and thought, no, I'm not just able. But for that person right there, I'm willing to go to the cross. I'm willing to sacrifice my life. I'm willing to shed my blood and pay the price. I'm willing to go the extra mile. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to see that person saved. And let me remind someone here today that his blood is not just able to save you. No, he is willing to save you today. There is somebody that cares about you. There is somebody who knows what's going on in your life. And he is willing to do whatever it takes to redeem and save your soul today. We need to understand as well that Jesus ransomed the entire world when he died on the cross. The value of the blood. Now I know, and, and, and it's useful to look at it when I think that he died just for me. That makes it personal in my life. But I can't forget that he didn't just die for me. He died for the entire world. And not just his known world, but he died for all of mankind. His blood is so valuable. His blood is so precious. His blood is so powerful that it redeemed every single person in this world. It didn't just redeem you. I'm glad that it was enough for me. But it wasn't just enough for me. It was enough for every single person in this place. It was enough for every single person that would call upon the name of Jesus. His blood is powerful enough to cover an entire human race. He redeemed everybody on the cross. He redeemed each person and he covered their iniquity. He took upon himself the sins of everybody. And I look out there and I see there's, man, there's some sinners out there. Man, I'm joking. It would have been enough if he just covered one of our sins, but he covered all of our sins. He didn't just pay the price for me, but he paid the price for all humanity. I don't want to ever forget that's how powerful his blood is. I don't ever want to forget that that's the power that is in this place today. Scripture tells us what he redeemed us from in Titus chapter 2 and verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. This tells me that he liberated us. He redeemed me. He re released me. He delivered me from every iniquity in my life. When he died on the, on the cross, there was nothing that he did not cover on that cross. There was no sin that he left out. There was nothing too bad that his blood could not cover. It was powerful enough to cover every person and powerful enough to cover every iniquity and not just cover it, but to conquer it. He has conquered every sin. He has covered every sin. That means you can't go too far. You can't get too deep in sin. Oh, come on. His blood's powerful. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. His blood is enough. Don't forget the power and the value of His blood. I don't care what you sit here having in your life. His blood is enough for you today. His blood can cover you today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Oh, come on, I believe there's a testimony of somebody who thought I might be too far gone, but you found out his blood was enough. His blood reached farther than you ever thought. His blood reached deeper than you ever imagined. I'm thankful for the blood today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. His blood is precious because it bought back my soul from sin. Sin had captured me. Sin had kidnapped me. But I need to understand something as well, that my redemption is finished. You see, He already redeemed us on the cross. Redemption is a finished act. Jesus said it is finished, and that's what He meant. His mission, His goal, His purpose, His reason for being here was finished. It's, it's a completed act. That means that, that when, when uh, Felicity, we got new little babies here, we got Lacey, that means their redemption is already purchased. They don't have to ask for redemption. It was already purchased. And so his blood was enough to redeem, but his blood is not just enough to redeem, but it's enough to remit as well. You see, while redemption is for everybody, and in fact, everybody sits here today and throughout this world having been redeemed and that has taken place, that doesn't mean that everyone has experienced remission of sins in their life. We understand that his redemption doesn't mean that everybody's saved. It means there's the possibility for everybody to experience that redemption. But my remission of sins, my asking for forgiveness, his blood also did that in my life as well. Redemption is a completed act. Remission is the continuing work of the cross that we need every day in our life. That his blood just didn't cover it once, but his blood still reaches all the way into my life this morning. It reaches all the way into my life tomorrow and it's still able to remit the sins in my life Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 says to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace you see he did not just pay a debt that I could not owe. He also forgave me everything in my life. And he continues to forgive me in my life. I don't want to forget the value of his blood. You see, it was a one-time thing he did on the cross. It was something that happened and it was a moment. Yet I still experience the work of the cross through forgiveness in my life every single day. And you can experience forgiveness in your life whenever you need it because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not relegated to a moment in time it's not relegated to just one act no his blood flows throughout my life it's in your life whether you know it or not and you can ask for remittance of sin in your life you can ask for forgiveness of sin in your life whenever you want to Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 says and almost all things are purged by the law or all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission it was his blood that brings remission of sins in my life redemption bought my soul out of slavery but forgiveness puts me in right relationship with God you see not only did his blood buy my soul out of slavery but his blood made a way for me to have relationship with Jesus Christ my blood gave me access his blood gave me access his blood made a way available so that I can stand in this place today and lift my hands and worship him that I can be in relationship with Jesus Christ today I don't want to ever forget about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It, it redeems and it remits in my soul. Another thing the blood does is it cleanses my conscience. It cleanses my conscience. And there's a lot of things, and I don't know why in particular uh, um, uh, I felt to speak about these particular things, but I believe because somebody needs it. How about that? Maybe myself. 
(laughs) But it cleanses our conscience. His blood cleanses my conscience. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 9, and then skipping to verse 14, it says, Which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices, that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. That means they went and offered sacrifices. And even though the service was right, and even though they did everything right, it still couldn't affect their conscience. That's very important. That means that they could go say, I'm sorry, yet go back and still feel guilt, and they could still feel shame, they could still feel all those things. And even though they offered the right sacrifice at the right time, at the right moment, they could go back to their tent and sit and stew in their shame and guilt and regret. No. Verse 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You see, this is something I don't know if we talk about it or not, but the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse your conscience. I know it can take away my sin. I know it can remit my sin. And sometimes I don't have an issue with that, but it's my own conscience that I still struggle with. But let me tell you, the blood is powerful enough to cleanse your own conscience. The blood of Jesus Christ can purge and wash and purify your mind. You know as well as I that condemnation can work in your life and even enslave your life even after you've experienced a new birth experience. Just because you came to the Lord and just because you prayed doesn't mean that you still don't have thoughts and things working on the inside. Telling you, yeah, you may be forgiven, but man, there's a whole lot of stuff. Uh, There's all kinds of things going on. But I want to remind you that the blood of Jesus can purge your conscience. This is the same word that's used when people were declared clean by the priests. Now see, I don't know know the theological aspect of this. I I probably should have looked at it a little bit more. I just know from my own personal experience that I can come to church and I know I'm forgiven, but I don't feel clean. I don't know the theological ins and outs of that, and I don't necessarily have the verse for that. I'm just telling you what I know. That I've come to church, and I've known I've forgiven, and I've known that if I go to the altar, I'm just repeating myself for asking for forgiveness, but I don't feel clean. That's where I need the blood of Jesus Christ in my life. You see, the Old Testament concerned itself with the external appearance. That meant that a person could appear to have made right and could have made right according to the law, but inside their conscience was still eating them alive. That's what Hebrews 9 9 says. They could have done everything right, but their conscience is eating them alive. They could enter officially into into the area of sacrifices. They could offer the right sacrifices, yet their own heart cause them to draw back from what God is wanting to do in their life. They were externally clean, but their conscience was telling them that they were still unclean. And I would venture to say there's people that sit here today that you might find yourself in that category. You know that He can forgive. You know that He died for your sins. You know that you've asked for forgiveness. And you know that maybe even He has forgiven you. But here's what it comes down to. You haven't forgiven yourself. Your conscience still tells you, you know what? You're not good enough. You know what you've done. You know that God can't choose you. You know that you can't do that because of what's in your past. And there's people that sit here today and it's not God. It's not any of that, but it's your own conscience that is hindering what God is trying to do in your life. I'm here to tell you today, His blood is enough to cleanse your conscience. <laughs> now, now that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that I rejoice in the things that I did wrong. 
That doesn't mean that I forget and it's just all one big happy jolly story after that and I just, no, no, there, there, there's still uh, uh, some decorum if you want to say it that way. To, there has to be godly sorrow. Scripture talks about that. But there's something that can be said for having a clean conscience. Hebrews chapter 10 says it this way, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Just a minute, we'll translate this. For they would not, for then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. That last verse, it says the same thing again as what Hebrews said, as what the writer said in chapter 9. They would come and offer sacrifices and they would say, this is for my forgiveness of sins. And you know what they did next year? They brought a sacrifice back and said, this is for forgiveness of sins. And verse 3 says something that I find very profound. It says, when they came to the altar, not only would they be remembering the sacrifice they had now, but they would remember the sins of last year. The sins that were already forgiven, they would remember not only this year's sacrifice, but the sins of last year. Let me ask you, how many times have you come to the altar? And it could be because the preacher preached something that has nothing to do with your past, whatever. But you've come to the altar. And every time you come to the altar, yes, there's the challenge. Yes, there's the thing of looking ahead to what God's telling you. Yet in the back of your mind, it's still the remembrance of the last time you came to the altar. Of the last time you asked for forgiveness. And before long, the last time eats up the present time. The sins of the past which have already been forgiven because you start thinking about it, they affect your future. And the sacrifice for now, the sacrifice for the next year is, is, is null and void because all you can think about now, all your conscience is telling you is remember the things you did before. Remember what you did before. Let me tell you though, you don't have to come to the altar and remember your sins every single time. No, the blood can cleanse your conscience. I believe there's somebody here that you can come to the altar in victory not just remembering the sins of the past no but looking to the future because his blood is enough to cleanse my conscience it's enough to forgive my sins and it's enough to purge my conscience the conscience in this verse speaks to the soul and mind reflecting on past acts and basing things on it on its own internal acts that means you simply judge yourself you know, I wonder how much time we waste judging ourselves when even God Himself has already said it's over and finished. And I say this from personal experience. So again, maybe I don't have the verse that explains that, but I know what I'm talking about. And you'll just have to trust me. <laughs> Before long, your external acts simply become a way to somehow appease the guilt that you feel inside. I'm coming to the altar out of guilt because of sins I've asked forgiveness for many times before. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, then oh well. Maybe if I do this, maybe if I pray more, then that guilt will be quieted. Maybe if I worship harder, I'll know, you know what you need? You need the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse your conscience. Scripture tells me I need to be washed in His blood. I need my mind washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Hmm. The only way to purge your conscience is to let the blood do it. And that word purge, and we get our, our English word catharsis or cathartic from it. 
You know, it's a cleansing. It's something that makes us feel better. I wonder how different your life would be if today you allowed the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse your mind. I wonder how different you would leave this place. What you could do for the Lord. What you could do. He's called you to do things, yet it's your own past that is causing you to step forward. I wonder how my life would be different if I would let His blood simply cleanse my mind and I leave this place knowing I'm forgiven and knowing that my conscience is cleansed. I wonder what I could do for God. Charles Spurgeon spoke these comforting words. He said, I know what the devil will say to you. He will say to you, you're a sinner. Well, you just tell him you know you are, but that for all that you are justified. He'll tell you of the greatness of your sin. You just need to tell him of the greatness of Christ's righteousness. He will tell you of all your mishaps and your backslidings, of your offenses and your wanderings. You tell him and tell your own conscience that you know all that, but that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And that although your sin be great, Christ is able to put it all away. I'm here to challenge you today. Let Christ put it all away today in your life. Let the blood of Jesus not just forgive you but cleanse you today let it purge your conscience don't let the enemy have a hold in your mind anymore but let the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse you today I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus the last thing that his blood does is it conquers and I believe there's victory for somebody here today Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 I'm sure you've heard it before it says and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death now the hymn in this verse is very simple it speaks of the accuser of the brethren and this, this speaks to you and I. It, it, it tells us that we have a part to play in it. We know that my te- I know that my testimony is important. How do I get a testimony? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. When I combine my testimony with the blood of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what the enemy brings against me. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to throw at me. This scripture tells me that I can have victory in my life because of the blood of Jesus Christ and because of a testimony. Well, I'm sick. I don't know if he can heal me. No, are you saved? Then you have a testimony. Combine that with the blood and you can have victory in your life. I don't know how I'm going to face this circumstance. Well, you need to find a testimony within yourself. And you need to combine it with the blood of Jesus Christ. And you need to address that situation with your testimony and with the blood of Jesus Christ. And I believe that you can leave this place in victory today. Hebrews chapter 2 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. And if you don't know, that is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For that he himself hath suffered being tempted. He is able to secure them that are tempted. He is able to help you. And the reason that he is able to help you, to release you from bondage, even a lifetime subject to bondage, is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that can free me from bondage. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that can defeat the enemy in my life. His blood has already conquered the greatest enemies. Hosea prophesies this in chapter 13. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from my eyes. Scripture tells me quite plainly right here that his blood has defeated the accuser of the brethren. His blood has defeated the devil. His blood has defeated the grave. His blood hath defeated sin. So what? how big is your problem? 
Is it bigger than the devil? Is it bigger than the grave? No, I tell you what, if he can defeat them, if his blood is enough to conquer that, he can conquer your depression. He can conquer your addiction. He can conquer whatever it is in your life. His blood is enough to conquer. Oh, come on, let's give him praise right now. Come on, I trust in his blood. I put value in his blood. His blood is enough in my life. It's all I need in my life. Let me challenge you that whatever is binding you in your life, his blood is powerful enough to conquer that too this morning. His blood is enough to do that in your life. His blood is precious and powerful. Maybe this is four things. Did I add this? Who knows? This is three and a half. I had a teacher in Bible school who would start out with letter A, he'd go to letter B, then sometimes he'd go to number three, and then letter F, and he just had to go for it. So just, just pretend that this morning. His blood conquers, and his blood is precious and powerful, and here's why, because it still speaks. It still speaks. You see, it's not just, and we said it about, re, about remission of sin, it's not just a one-time thing. It's not just a point in history. No, his blood still speaks today. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 24 and 25. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. Don't refuse him that speaks. For if they do, if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape. If we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. This tells me this is kind of an interesting thing. Perhaps you can go home and study about it, but just real quickly here. Seems to me like there's two bloods speaking today. There's two bloods. To the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. There's the blood of Jesus speaking, and there's the blood of Abel speaking today. Don't refuse him that speaketh. The problem is some of us have, have not refused the wrong one. We've listened to the blood of Abel long enough in our life. You see, the blood of Abel is a blood that cries out for vengeance. It's a blood that cries out for justice. It's a blood that cries out for what's owed, its rights, what it deserves. And let me just say, not undeservedly, Abel was murdered by his brother. He was killed by his brother. That seems to me like a righteous injustice that was done there. Seems to me like the blood of Abel has every reason to cry out because it seems like no justice was served. He was killed for no good reason. And his blood cries out today. If you would, it's the flesh crying out. It cries out for things. You deserve that. You need this. Well, don't they know if God's asking you to do that, then you won't be able to do this? The blood of Abel cries out. But let me remind you that there's another blood that speaks today. And it's speaking right now in this service. His blood still speaks today. There's a blood that speaks victory instead of vengeance today. There's a blood that speaks forgiveness instead of fault today. There's a blood that speaks pardon 
instead of pain today. There's a blood that speaks healing instead of hurt in this place today. There's a blood that speaks of remission instead of retaliation. There's a blood that speaks faultless instead of failure. The blood of Jesus speaks today to you and I. It speaks of mercy. It speaks of grace. It speaks of forgiveness. It speaks of redemption, of conquering, of victory, of healing. Make no mistake that the blood of Jesus Christ still speaks today. And in fact, I believe it's speaking to somebody right now as they come to the music. I believe it's speaking today to someone. It may be speaking forgiveness to someone right now. Perhaps you thought you were too far gone. But let me tell you, that voice that's trying to crowd its way through, that's saying you're not too far gone, don't ignore it because it's the blood of Jesus Christ speaking to you today. Perhaps someone is saying, but you don't know my past, and you don't know this, and and you don't know how bad that was, and, and, and I can't forgive myself of that. It's the blood that's trying to creep in and saying, let me purge you. Let me cleanse you. Let me purify your conscience today. You can worship without guilt. You can worship without a hindrance. You can come to the altar, and you can look ahead instead of remembering the sins of the past. It's speaking healing to somebody today. Perhaps you've come to the altar many times for healing, whether it's physical, emotional, whether you have an addiction. You, you may say, well, you know what? I've, I've done that before. I've tried that before. Let me tell you, the blood is speaking healing today to somebody. It's talking to somebody right now. It's speaking victory to somebody right now. That somebody can leave this place victorious. Not because of what you've done. Not because of the music. Not because of what the preacher has said. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's speaking victory to somebody today. And I close with this. His blood does all of that. It's valuable. I don't ever want to lose the value. It remits It redeems my soul. It cleanses my conscience. It brings victory. It still speaks today. But for all of that, for all of that, I want to close with the ineffectiveness of His blood. How can I make the blood of no effect? Because there's people that sit here today, there's people that sit all around, and the blood is of no effect in their life. Romans chapter 3 tells us, about the ineffectiveness of the blood of Jesus. It says, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has sent forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. It says right there, through faith in His blood. How do I make His blood of no effect in my life? How do I make His blood lose value in my life? I lose faith in it. This verse tells us that his redemption is for all. Yet you and I know that I must do something for that blood to have the power of redemption over sin in my life. There's something that I have to do without faith. I must come to him believing that he is, that he's a rewarder. I must have faith. When I come for healing, I must have faith that he's a healer. When I come to get victory in my life, I must believe and have faith in His blood that His blood is enough to bring victory in my life. You see, I can come to the altar and they can sing about the blood, we can talk about the blood, but until I put my faith in the blood, I make it of no effect. It's still there. How many of you have ever seen online, you know, you get those, uh, you get those pop-ups or different things and they say, you might have free money. You ever seen those? 
Like on credit things, a lot of times they'll say, you might have free money just sitting around. You ever clicked on one? Did you get anything? I tried it once. Said there's free money. I'm thinking, man, there's this pile of cash sitting there, and all I have to do is just click on this, and then give my account to the Nigerian prince. Actually, mine was a, uh, uh, a, pri- uh, a private in, that served in Iraq, and they discovered gold, and they needed to get it out, and I was going to help them smuggle it. <clears throat> but then it got real late at night, and I thought, nah, I can't do this. <clears throat> but I must have faith in his blood. Really, it's like if there really was cash sitting out there. If it's really sitting out there with my name on it, and it's just cash with my name, I have to do something to get it. I have to claim it. Click on this to claim your money. I have to claim it. His blood's out there. Redemption's out there. Forgiveness is out there. Healing's out there. Deliverance, victory, it's out there. But I must claim it. How do I claim it? By entering in faith and saying, you know what? His blood is enough. His blood is still powerful. That word propitiation is a big fancy word, but it's the same word that was used to describe the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, which had to do with mercy. If I want mercy in my life, I've got to combine my faith in the blood with the sacrifice of the blood. And you know what I'll get? I'll get mercy in my life. If I want healing in my life, if I want deliverance in my life, I don't just need to believe that there's blood and that he died. No, I need to believe that it's enough for my situation. I need to believe it's enough for my healing, for my deliverance, for my salvation, for my forgiveness. I must have faith in the blood to receive the full benefits of the blood. But when I believe, then the blood has all power in my life has all power. I believe there's somebody here today that can leave change because of the power of the blood. It's here to do all that stuff. But you and I know this is a cooperation. It's a cooperation. What do I need to do? I need to put a step of faith. Whether that means standing where I am, lifting my hands and saying, Lord, I believe you can do it. Whether, whether you come to the altar and lift your hands, wh- whatever it is, I can't just say, just wash over me. No, I have to put a step of faith and say, I believe in the power of your blood. I believe that this is a precious gift that you've given me. I believe this is a valuable gift that you've given me. Let's stand this morning. Let me just say as we close, I believe his blood is enough. Enough for what? It doesn't matter. It's enough. It doesn't matter what sin his blood's enough it doesn't matter how long you've carried something about in your life his blood's enough it doesn't matter how addicted how depressed how anything you've been in your life his blood's enough we sang it once there's power in the name of Jesus here's here's what I would do I would come to the altar and so many times we just make it so hard I'm not saying people here I'm just saying on ourselves we just make it so hard I would just come to the altar. If I was at the point where I was just sick and tired of it, I'd say, Jesus, I believe there's power in your name. And I believe in the power of your blood. Now, Lord, I just want you to do whatever work it is you need in my life right now. That's as simple as it is. If it's forgiveness, Lord, I just need to feel your forgiveness in my heart right now. If it's addiction, Lord, I just need you to take this from me right now. I know there's power in your blood. I believe it. There's power in your name. 
whatever it may be in your life, I believe it's that simple. He didn't make it difficult. He made the way easy. And I have access to him this morning. Why? Because of the blood. So take advantage of that access today. As we lift our hands and pray right now, Lord Jesus, we come before you.